welcome to another episode of Normal with Autism, the podcast where we are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum. Uh, Welcome to the kitchen table. We are here to invite you to experience the joy in the journey. I'm Tara. I'm Sarah. Hello, friend. What's up? Uh, Lots of technical difficulties. Lots of deep breaths in and out, in and out. It's fine. They don't even know. They don't even. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. We're on top of things as far as people are concerned. We got it. Um, I miss your face. I miss your face. Uh, What's your face been doing? Uh, My face has been here and there and everywhere. That's not true. It's been to here and work. And to Goodwill. Goodwill's open. You went to Goodwill today? Did you go today? And yesterday. Me and my mask. And 30 s- Were you... A were total you, 30 people in the store at a time. Were you socially responsible? I was. I'm very proud of you. You wore your mask. I wore my mask. I had my headphones and my murder podcast so no one messes with me. Tries to talk to me. It's how I do social interactions. I love um, it. I got a bunch of stuff. Did you properly sanitize all said Goodwill stuff? I did. Okay. That's what I want to know. Um, by the way, what day is it? Uh, thir- Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday. The day before. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for saying that out loud the day before my birthday. I appreciate that. You're so awesome. Thank you, Tara's parents, for giving us Tara. Oh, that's so sweet. They sent me flowers today. (laughs) This is like this time 40 some years ago, your mom was in a world of hurt, and it was all because of you. Yeah, she likes to tell me that um, my she sa- she always tells me the story like my dad wanted to take her walking around Eastland Mall because you're supposed to walk when you're pregnant and trying to have the baby, right? Yeah. And she was like, "No, this kid is coming," and she was right. Like he got me, got her to the hospital just in time, and then that's there I was. Happened very quickly. Wow. That's- so cool (laughs) speaking speaking of my parents um can I give you an update on my dad real quick yes please I was gonna ask um so he went and his I I think I oh the scan that was the last time we talked right so he had the scan on May the 4th and all good things the scan was clear the cancer is not anywhere else in his body just continues to show up on his forehead Um, so we are very happy about that. Unfortunately, he does have to have treatment and it's not radiation. We were hoping for radiation, um, but he has to have chemo. So, yeah. So I don't know if he's just trying to have like the best dad stories ever in all of this. Well, he's basically like, this is what the fourth, fourth time. Yeah, the fourth time the cancers come back, which is crazy in and of itself. I mean, he's basically the Terminator. Like, at some point, cancer's going to be like, you know what? We've tried. We've done our best. We're moving on. This man 
cannot be taken down. I hope so. But he's doing this all during a pandemic. Like, he's just not like the typical dad story of like, oh, by the way, I had cancer four times. He's like, oh, I had cancer four times and I'm having chemo during a pandemic. I mean, go big or go home. Right? All right. Well, we will take all of the good feelings and love and support and vibes that everybody can send to yeah, definitely keeping him in our prayers to, to poppy yeah yes. to poppy and memo here's a i'm drinking so here's a drink for them not that they don't they don't really drink my mom doesn't really drink yeah me either i know that's okay i'll have one for you Thank um you i'm kind of disappointed you haven't noticed my zoom name yet you're what my oh zoom- i did notice your name yes yeah we noticed your name yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say it out loud for all the listeners? Uh, my favorite thing about Zoom meetings is getting to make up my own Zoom name. So right now I'm Sarah Momola. Does, <laughs> Does Jason Momoa know this? Yeah, but don't tell Lisa. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it quiet. I do have one question for you. Up. Have you cleaned anything new? Since the uh, last time we talked. Well, I told you about my window tracks, right? Yes. I cleaned all my window tracks and it felt so good. I vacuumed my deck. Um, that felt really good. Today, I cleaned all the floors and cleaned all of the like electronics in the house. How, how does cool. one vacuum a deck, by the so way? Plug and go. You <laughs> Uh-oh, t-shirt idea, plug and go. Okay, or coffee mug. I love it. I like got out the, you know, the little extender thing and got all the spider webs from the corners. It's glorious. I love it. All right, well, we're going to move on to introducing our guests. Do you want me to do that or do you want do you want to take over that job? Uh, I can do it. Okay. So today we have two amazing mamas with us. We have our friends, Steph Stickles and Rebecca Daffler. What's up? How's it going? It's going. Yeah, it's going. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. I woke up the other morning and I was like, we need to talk about this stuff. What we're going to talk about today is school. Holy bejesus, school. Um, Stephanie, why don't you take a second and um, kind of introduce yourself first to our listeners and some of the amazing stuff you do. Oh, I don't know if it's... All that amazing, but um, <laughs> my name is Stephanie Sickles, and I am first and foremost a mama, and I am lucky enough to have an eight-year-old son, an eight-year-old son who's on the spectrum, um, who also um, we have a special feature of some mental health um, comorbidities that we, you know, navigate. And then um, I have a little girl, Sadie Grace, who is 
three and she is a medically complex child. So um, I too have a podcast called Strength and Sharing and um, just love making connections with other special and medical needs mamas and you know, finding my, finding my tribe. <laughs> so. I love that you've also started a podcast and your, your podcast, um, what's kind of your focus when you get together? Cause you have a friend that you do that with, right? I do. Um, I actually met her, Amanda at the Ronald McDonald house when Sadie was in the PICU and, uh, she was a source of strength and support for me. Um, so really the idea behind our podcast is, uh, and not to say there's anything wrong with diagnosis specific podcasts, <laughs> but, um, you know, something I've learned in my journey being a special needs mom and a medical mom is that if I kind of only focused in my diagnosis specific bubbles, I was really missing a lot of people that were in the peripheral that were available to, um, support me and to give me, you know, tips and, uh, to just, you know, in, enhance my life and, and, and make our journey a lot easier. So that's kind of where we opened up the podcast. Um, just kind of hoping to, you know, cast a wider net and see what came our way. So that's wonderful. Well, thank you for coming out tonight and helping us. We're going to talk about the school situation here in the great state of Ohio and now, Rebecca, would you take a minute and say hi? And what's sure. Your... My dealio. Yeah, what's your situation? Yeah. Um, well, I have um, a nine-year-old son who is on the spectrum. Um, he was diagnosed about, it was about three. Um, so we're, we have been in, in this for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty darn high functioning, but we still have many, many challenges. Um, and then I have a, a, an 11, almost going on 21, um, year old daughter who, um, <laughs> she is neuro, neurotypical and keeps us sometimes just as challenged as our autistic kiddo. <laughs> I can imagine. I saw Stephanie, like her face lit up as you mentioned, you said 11 going on 21. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's, uh, quite the attitude, so. And I can't, I, Stephanie and Rebecca, have you two ever met before? I don't believe so. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, no. I don't think so. Well, now you have girl drama <laughs> uh, raising fun. to bond over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> girl mama drama. Yep. There you go. <laughs> little connection there for you guys. Well, thank you again both for joining us. And just real quick, um, what we're going to do is let's take it back just a a few days ago. So on Monday, May 11th, we were supposed to hear from the governor about childcare. And I, I, I hadn't kept up with his briefings until a couple of days before that. And I heard it from somebody else and I kind of got excited on Monday. I went ahead and tuned in and he said nothing about childcare. I could hear this collective kind of like, Oh, you know, run across parentum, parentendum, if you will. Um, so that was supposed to happen on Monday, May 11th. And just as I was kind of writing, finishing up our show notes today, um, he actually did uh, go ahead and make an announcement about childcare. And he said that 
they will be reopening at the end of this month. And I heard a collective woohoo, but then I heard a collective oh-ish as we're starting to face uh, kind of a new challenge, um, I think. So I took to Facebook and I've pulled some of our family of listeners and our, our parents out there. Um, I just want to say I need to make it clear, my personal opinion, I am not in a rush to reopen things. Uh, we'll check in with all you guys and see how you kind of feel about things. I personally am not in a rush. I appreciate the science in this whole mess that we're in. Uh, I feel personally kind of like we're rushing things a little bit, and I'm a little worried that we don't have the testing, we don't have the equipment, we don't have what we need to move forward to keep each other safe. So I kind of want to get your guys' take on things. Um, And whoever wants to jump in first, let me know what's your current kind of kid and kid care situation, and then also your work situation. And honestly, whoever wants to go first scream or hit a buzzer or <laughs> I'll go first. Well, I don't mind. okay go ahead oh Rebecca go ahead no you're fine or go ahead okay um I'm actually looking on my phone at what you sent so that I can make sure that I stay on topic mm-hmm. um so our current situation I don't know if all of you know but I am actually a waiver service provider um through the Department of Developmental Disabilities so I Um, I'm an independent provider, which means that I'm a 1099 employee and I go into people's homes to provide um, services under different waivers. And the week that everything closed down, the family that I work full time with um, decided that it would be best not to have providers in the home because, uh, yeah, because um, my client if he were to get something, um, especially something that were to impact his respiratory health, it would be detrimental to him. So um, I did lose my job um, during that time. And of course, our children were starting their spring break and then they just never went back. So um, Charlie, uh, I think I talked to, well, I was behind the keyboard <laughs> um, asking some questions when in your guys' um, other episode with AWO. Um, Charlie um, has been struggling a lot with virtual learning. And, um, you know, we went through the we went through the expectations. We talked about what would happen. And we, we tried really hard to do that for two to three weeks. And it turned into a pretty serious situation in our house. There was a lot of um, escalating behaviors and it was really um, something that was draining all of us. Um, So for us, not only am I displaced, um, I'm not doing what I typically do for 40 hours a week. Um, My son's obviously not going to school. He's not connecting with his intervention specialist um, that often. So the general education stuff that's coming through um, is left unadapted most of the time. Um, So, and then we have the mental health cloud. So 
um, eventually for our family, it was our decision to no longer push Charlie through the virtual learning experience. So. And is Charlie. Yeah, no, that's great. Is is Charlie in um, a uh, typical public school? Is he attend a private school? No, he, he is currently in, um, he's in a public school setting and he's, mm-hmm. you know, we're really working that fine balance between a general education classroom and time spent with his intervention specialist. So mm-hmm. he's got so a good combination of both. You've experienced some significant, um, life disruption. Absolutely. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Rebecca, what, what about you? What's your current situation? Well, we are very fortunate um, that uh, Colin and I are, are both considered essential workers. So as far as having a job, we have it. Um, so at first, um, I was going to work every day, um, I work at Grant. And so going to work every day, um, still doing what I'm doing. The kids were at home, um, Colin was um, home Monday through Wednesday. So he was doing school with the kids. Um, Thursday and Fridays, like during the summer, we, when we were both at work, we would just have the kids be home on their own because Zoe was old enough and um, mature enough to keep everything under wraps. Um, so we were kind of doing that, but with school mixed in, it was utter chaos because Jensen needs somebody with him to, you know, keep himself on task. And, you know, if he needed somebody to help, of course, Zoe could, but it really, and to be honest, (laughs) even when my husband was helping, it was chaos. So, um, then we got pushed to work from home. So that enabled me to be home with him. Um, so it started to get better. Um, we're functioning, but it's still not ideal. Um, it's, he still struggles with it because he sees it as, oh, it's just something I'm getting on the computer with. It's not school. I, why do I have to do it? I'm at home. So we have that back and forth. So, but all in all, I still think this is far as the situation goes, we've been very fortunate. And sometimes I have guilt over that, but that's a whole other thing. That's for another day. <laughs> I was going to say whatever, yeah, whatever feelings you're having right now, completely mm-hmm. normal and mm-hmm. valid. Uh, I think all it, 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 just within this group of the four of us talking, but then also, you know, kind of in our wider special needs group. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have various boats that we're in, in mm-hmm. this crazy, crazy storm. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it, it, that resonates with me. You saying you feel guilty because mm-hmm. I think about how hard my situation's been with Finn, yeah. which is very similar to what Steph mentioned about the, the escalated behaviors and the, yeah. you know, the great disruption. Yeah. And, um, but then I, my husband has his full-time job, you know, so mm-hmm. I can stay home and help Finn out and do what I can do. So I, I totally, totally get that. Sarah, I feel like you have a, a big, big um, kind of safety net of support from Owen's school. Is that right? 
Yeah, we're very, very lucky. Uh, we ended up switching schools in January for him. Um, so he was still kind of getting used to a new schedule, new people, new set of rules, all of that uh, when school ended up shutting down. Um, but his school is providing in-home support. So he has two shifts. Two people come in the morning for three hours. Two people come in the afternoon for three hours. Uh, and they do all of his learning, all of his speech. Um, he does all of his work. They do all of it, which is amazing. And then they also give him, you know, like that interaction. And he has like stuff he works for. And they're, they're awesome. Like they're amazing. And I want to be my friends. Uh, so, um, so we like I can't even imagine if we didn't have that right now we I, ugh, it would be it would be bad it'd be very very bad um, my husband is working from home full time um, he's an essential employee he's actually working overtime a lot of overtime right now I'm still working part time my regular hours um, so yes there's someone here during the day to keep an eye on him but my husband's working like he wouldn't be able to do zoom speech and make sure he does all of his work like he wouldn't be able to do that um we feel very very blessed that his school has been able to do that for us um they're gonna be opening up in a couple weeks uh going back to school um so his school is technically a healthcare facility as well like a mental health, it's like a mental health autism school. Uh, and they're just, they're amazing. I can't say enough good things about them. Um, so they're going to be opening up soon. Every kid there has their own room. Uh, like Owen has his own room decorated. He has special toys that are just at school. Wow. Yeah. Like it's really great. Um, so they have that anyway. So they have enough so that every kid can have their own bathroom in their own room. So uh, they're like, they're going to have their own space, you know, we'll do group a little differently, but we think that we're able to keep them distanced and safe and do it that way. And I'm like, great, where, where do I sign? Like, please. Right, right. <laughs> like he's just, he's doing so, so well. Um, and I'm just, I'm so thankful that, you know, that's an option for us, but it's very rare. Like I completely appreciate how, privileged and blessed we are to have that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure yeah because we've heard um again from some of our other parents and listener family that there are some uh schools out there unfortunately are not able to for whatever reason provide intervention to the kids who need it and that um completely breaks my heart because god i can't even imagine not not getting anything or getting kind of like the bare minimum, like here's a packet, go do it, that kind of thing. When I feel like re what Rebecca, Rebecca brought up a good point. Um, part of autism is rigidity. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, no, I do work at school. I do school yeah. work at school. I don't do school work at home. Mm -hmm. Like Owen has a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I totally feel for our autistic kids that we're like, no, no, no. Now all these things that you do at school, you have to do at home and it just rocks our world. Yeah. I Definitely. Think that's, I think that's one of the hardest um, 
things that Finn's had to adjust to that he just the adjustment just hasn't it hasn't stuck um Rebecca um what's your current take on things in terms of um like have you been keeping up with the briefings and do you think that that they were like we're moving too fast too slow just right trying to get back to stuff yeah I right now I'm just peeking in at the governor's briefings because I became obsessed and inundated and overwhelmed with everything. Um, but I still check in to figure out what's going on, but I am somewhere in between. Um, I, I'm, I'm a science person as well. Um, I work in healthcare. I know the importance of what we did and I'm glad we did it. But I am ready to start moving on. I'm not saying go back and just everybody run around and cough all over each other and, you know, but let me lick your nose. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But with the correct, um, you know, safety precautions, I'm ready because I'm looking at it as a right now I'm looking at as a mental health perspective, which my family is a huge sufferer of that as well. I have um, bipolar disorder. Um, my daughter has depression and anxiety at the grand age of 11. Um, and so I'm feeling that if we do not get some normalcy in our lives, people like me and like Zoe and like everybody that has struggled with that is going to start ripping at the seams. Things are going to start to boil over. So I'm in the middle. I don't think we're going too fast. I don't think we're going too slow. I just think we need to push forward. Stephanie, I kind of saw you um, nodding vigorously with, with Rebecca. <laughs> where, where do you stand currently? What's your thought? Um, I, too, am right in the middle. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I... I honestly, the only reason why it's a, a little bit more, it's a little harder for us is because, you know, we have Sadie and she, I, I mean, if I, I mean, I know you guys know, cause we're friends on Facebook, but I mean, she's hospitalized all the time for different things. This last hospitalization in November, um, over Thanksgiving was, um, I mean, it's crazy. We went from hearing that she had Kawasaki to, you know, it's a horrible like case of hand, foot and mouth to, oh no, it didn't actually turn out to be like that. This is just a virus showing up in her body, you know, making it so she needs to be hospitalized. Um, she's been hospitalized, hospitalized before from having just a common cold that has, you know, gotten hold of her. So, you know, I'm, I'm really on the fence about the whole situation because I have one child that requires me to be more vigilant, um, requires me to have a different lens over, you know, uh, facts and feelings and then blending those two together. And then I have another child who is literally falling apart and is inoperable right now and not functioning because of what's happening. And there's nothing more (laughs) than you know, um, this desire for his life to get some normalcy. So, I mean, for us personally, you know, we're just totally caught in the middle and, and really unsure what our next chapter looks like while everything is starting to open up. Mm -hmm. So, 
I resonate with that. Finn, unfortunately, when he gets sick, he gets pretty sick. And he has epilepsy. And of course, any kind of illness lowers that seizure mm-hmm. threshold. So it's I, I very much resonate with what you're saying in terms of torn between, of course, I want him to stay healthy. I don't want to bring something home to him. I don't want my oldest or my husband to bring something home, you know, to anybody. I don't want us to pass it around. That's usually what happens when we get sick. I also see him struggling very badly without his speech therapist in person, his occupational therapist in person, you know, those personal connections that he has with his teachers and therapist. He just doesn't have them through the computer. He likes it for a minute. He's like, oh, I see your face. But after that, he's like, okay, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do something, do something else. So I really, they're going to open up soon and I want him to go. I want him to go and be healthy and happy. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm kind of, where are you at, Sarah? Do you think we're moving too fast, too slow, just right? Uh, so I'm also stuck somewhere in the middle. Um, I will say I am very glad that I don't have to make any of these decisions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much just pure hate on both sides. You know, I just, yeah. I cannot yeah. believe the amount, like as a human being, like it's embarrassing. I struggle with the whole to wear a mask or not a mask with that whole everybody wanting to tear each other's faces off over it Um, because I'm I'm on the side and I know it's not always the popular one I'm like if you want to wear it you can wear it if you don't you shouldn't have to I have asthma and claustrophobia I tried to wear it to Kroger's the other day and I thought I was gonna die (laughs) so I tried but I can't so don't like judge me, but believe me, I'm, I'm washing my hands and I'm coughing in my um, arm and I'm doing all of those things. I'm not out there being willy nilly. So yeah, don't hate on me or my kids if they can't <laughs> wear it because I'm, I don't know about Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we're like, we're wearing our mask. We're using our hand sanitizer when we do go out, you know, we yeah. have gone out probably a little more than we should be. Like we have been to the thrift store. Um, we have been to the grocery store, you know, whatever. Um, so I don't know. It just feels like I deleted the Facebook app off my phone because I was just like scrolling and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do you think about this? Like I have to read all these opinions and mm-hmm. like, why do I, get so sucked into it and then I end up feeling gross uh so I deleted it off my phone so now I have to like make an effort to go check it and I'm lazy so I won't um so it's it's I haven't been on it nearly as much and I feel a lot better um but I just I can't take all of the hatred and the back and forth and I'm just I'm glad that I don't have to make these decisions like so much respect for our governor and, you know, our director of health and the people that are out there calling the shots. 
Gladys to you, not me. Um, and also matter respect for our governor who, you know, takes that on and he is saying like, no, 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 if you have a problem with this, you come to me. Like you mm-hmm. don't go protest at Amy Acton's house. The buck stops here. Come with me. Like, I really respect that from him. Yeah. Um, but I really do, you know, have we gone too far? Have we gone far enough? Like, we don't know. Like, we'll never know. So, I mean, it's really easy now in May to say this is ridiculous. We shouldn't have done this. But in March, that was the right thing to do. You know? I think it's really um, interesting. I think it's really interesting, too, that people keep saying, like, well, there was no surge. Look, there was no nothing. And it's like, yeah. That's because we did what we should have done. <laughs> yeah, do we understand yeah. like, how that works? The purpose was here. Like, we're building up hospital capacity. We have additional support because we're all coming out of our homes at some point, and the virus hasn't left. So it's really interesting to see the two different camps of people too, where it's like nothing happened, and this is ridiculous. And then there, are, I can identify with maybe the other side, which is like, no. No, it's it's getting it's going to happen. <laughs> like this is, you know, really ramping up. So it's kind of weird to be and I don't know if you guys all feel this way, but do you feel like this isn't close to home yet? Are you still in that weird spot where you're like, um, I don't know anybody who has it or I don't know. Like I'm I'm kind of in between yeah. two where I've like just heard through the grapevine or I've seen so and so, but like nothing has immediately impacted me. So as human yeah, as this I, is to say I don't know anybody. Yeah, it still hasn't like sunk in yet. We do have what makes one it who died, she... did pass away. Um, and who, that who was that, Sarah? A patient of ours. Oh, a patient of yours mm-hmm. passed away. Okay. Our our patient was diagnosed. Her husband actually ended up passing away. Um, so uh. I guess our patient, but um, but that's the only like first. It's not even a first degree person <laughs> that I know. But, yeah, I have um, I have no first degree people. I mean, I. I see it over and over again with my patients at the hospital. Um, but again, with, as with any disease process at the hospital, it's different. You have your blinders on as far as this is just another patient I'm treating. And, um, you know, so you don't always, um, now one of our nurses at grant, he went to the front lines in DC, um, and, to help and actually has it and is, is ventilated. Um, they're not doing well. Um, but I, I, again, I don't know him, but, um, so yeah, personally it hasn't affected us. Okay. Um, definitely, um, you know, had effects from, you know, the policies. My, my grandma actually died last week, a week before, um, and we weren't able to visit her at all oh. or have a funeral. Um, she was actually on a COVID floor. She um, didn't end up having COVID. She had pneumonia um, from sepsis, but not from actually COVID. But that was before she was on. Um, but we weren't able to visit or have a funeral or anything. Um, so even though I don't know anyone that has had it, I still know, like, I've still been a part of situations that have been affected by yeah. policy. Which, yeah. Ooh, have this That's hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've I've also started. I 
I'm with you. I didn't can't remember who said it. I, oh, Rebecca, it was you in the beginning. You were saying about you can't follow the briefings anymore because you just mm-hmm. it was so much. Yeah. Um, I have I have been very selective with my news sources and and try to limit myself. Um, and uh, there is one news source that was reporting that the gentleman who had been in charge of the vaccine stuff um for trump unfortunately the one who was fired recently he is making some pretty um concerning warnings that we continue we need to continue to get our stuff together now because come the fall and winter we're likely to be back in this same situation um so i think that's kind of where my brain is now you know moving forward and understandable like I get why we don't have any answers yet from our officials for school because they're also just trying to deal, make decisions based on the information they have. Um, And it doesn't sound like maybe they have a whole lot more than we do at this point is kind of the the vibe that I'm getting. Um, But I'm curious as to what kind of sources inform... What's that? Well, I do think if, you know, we remain in a situation similar to this, um, with school, um, whether it's part-time or full-time virtually, I think at least our school district needs to be a little more inventive and creative with what they're doing to pull, at least, again, my autistic kid, pull him in more and help him more. Now, the teachers have been great as far as if he had a problem. They would get online and help him. But I, I think he, you know, I think our kiddos need a little more interaction to make it real and I, the, so when we have our special needs kids who are already behind, this is just making them further behind. And that's what terrifies me the most. Yeah. So far, I don't want to start sliding back. Yeah. Well, um, so speaking of that, let me turn to our listeners real quick. We did a poll with them and I asked them. Um, when it comes to the 2021 school year, what were their thoughts? So this is a group of about 2,000 folks, right, that I went to poll. Very unscientific poll that I did here. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but overall, there were 105 votes um, and probably a few more than that. It says that I want my kids to go back to school full time. They need the structure and the normalcy. And that won out, um, that was the, the, the biggest response by far. Um, the next closest one was, I will do whatever they suggest to make sure the kids in the community stay healthy. Um, a few people are going to homeschool. This is their normal. That's what they do anyway. A few people, very few people, only five people, were fine with the two-day in-person, two-day virtual learning week. I think that sounds like a very unpopular um, uh, choice there. Doesn't sound like it's it's really going to go anywhere. Um, and it says we're going to homeschool. This will be our new adventure. So some people are choosing to homeschool from this. That got three votes. And then a couple more people said, I really don't have a choice. My kids need full-time school because I have to work. So the very popular opinion of uh, some of our listeners and our, our special needs community is that they want kids back in school full time. Um, 
there was one person, Hannah, she said I'd be potentially open to a hybrid schedule if I could ensure school was safe. Um, past experience has determined the school system isn't as yet, perhaps one day. I think she's probably talking about like the cleaning piece of it, like keeping everybody safe and healthy that way. Um, a lady named Sarah actually said she'd like to see half day sessions. So like one group of kids go to school nine to noon, there's a break to clean. And then the second half of the day, one to four, that way kids have stability, access to their teacher, as well as schooling at home. It would also cut down on, um, the other activities like recess time. You know, people are concerned about how are you going to socially distance kids at, at recess, right? That's my least favorite option. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what makes that your least favorite option? Um, well, it's another transition. Mm-hmm. And also, logistically, how would they do that? Like, with busing? How would that work? Mm-hmm. And then who... So they just get three hours of instruction a day? Like, who is going to... Or like, do they go home and do three more hours of instruction? But, like, who's teaching that? if they're having another class in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of issues with that. Um, one of the listeners, Jessica said she's completely opposed to part-time learning. There's no way that that would curb the virus. Um, she's concerned about asking teachers and custodians to sanitize things. That's a lot of, that feels like a lot of extra. I mean, they're taking on, they're going to, however we open, they're taking on a lot of extra work. Yeah, with, with have, having like, right on online distance learning is a lot. Like our teachers are killing it. Um, if I can interject, I have. Yeah. Um, in my utopian mind, <laughs> I actually thought about this. In um, a, it's just a different perspective. And remember, again, I'm saying this um, coming from. A, an area of undecided, you know, because of our other child, um, you know, the thought was like, and this might be completely irrational and, you know, we don't often want our children to be treated differently because of their differences in learning, but I don't know that I wouldn't completely jump ship and be like, okay, can you open the school for just like our special needs kids <laughs> and for the, for the kid, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying like, if you're doing really well with distance learning and this is okay with you and maybe your job isn't going to be returning or something like that, like, could you just stay in that camp? And then for those of us who might need the facilities, like, I mean, it's a utopian thought and it's a little out there, but it's kind of like, if you're doing well in your lane and, and this is something that can serve you, like, could there be a more dedicated service to individuals that, you know, and then can you work on just using, you know, modifications for those select individuals? Is it going to be a lot easier to space everyone out? Can you, you know, do different things? So we need to find someone who knows the governor so he can hear you say that because you have a couple of people who agree with you. Catherine said that the choice for online would be optional to reduce the density of students mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. kids who need instruction in person, they would be going to school. And the kids who are doing well with the online learning, they can stay home and, you know, they can do their distance learning. 
Um, and there was another lady on here that agrees with that as well. She said she has one kiddo who's rocking it online and the other kiddo who <laughs> the other kiddo who uh you know needs that in person instruction so i don't know Steph. you might be onto something you have a few people agree with you according to these to these responses that we have on here so i, I don't know if i had referenced that i could have totally used that as leverage i thought it was on my own <laughs> No, I would, I would definitely put that out there. And I would totally support something like that, you know, for I mean, it's just like a short term type of thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we want all kids in the school, getting the support and services they need, you know, every every kid needs a a happy, healthy school day. But what Sarah, you look like you were so Caleb is doing great at online learning. Like he's mm-hmm. in fifth grade, he's doing great, gets all his work done, and then he gets to play with, you know, Xbox or whatever. And, you know, he's done in two hours instead of seven hours, so he loves it. But he's going into sixth grade next year. He's going into middle school. Yeah. Is that going to be a whole different ball game for him? Is uh, I, think it's a, I mean, not, we're right in the now, same ball game, Sarah, yeah. with Zoe. So it's my important. kids are best friends with Becca's kids. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's, so, like it's kids really are the same ages, and they like they really are good friends. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I I don't know how he's going to do next year. Like, can I go by his progress this year? I don't know. Stephanie, what were you going to say? Oh, um, I was just going to say it's a really important. At least our school district has made it very clear our children were not learning new material over this last nine weeks. Um, any instruction that was being sent home was, were things that were a review or things that were familiar to them in the very close, you know, proximity to what they had already mastered. Um, there wasn't any, you know, entirely new material that they were learning. So, I mean, we're, we're literally not comparing apples to apples if we're talking about starting in a new school year, new grade, new, yeah, with new academic, you know. Um, requirements. So it's our ki- our kids that aren't doing well now, just reviewing things. <laughs> I can't even imagine what will happen when it's new material. Oh, hundred percent. That's mm-hmm. a very, very good point. So what I'm hearing from everybody, first off is they want things to be safe. I think everybody is in agreement mm-hmm. on that, right? It's just, how do we make it safe is the big question. Um, and I'm also hearing from all of us, there's a lot of uncertainty at this point. You know, not only do we have uncertainty at our kind of mom level that we're all talking about, but there's also uncertainty in the higher levels of this as we kind of look outside our own personal situation. There's there's these levels of uncertainty that our government is dealing with, you know, both at the local and national level. Um, people are just not sure all the way around you know what this thing is going to look like given you know any kind of future I don't know situation that we're going to be in um so I'm curious with you guys do you have any kind of thing that you do when you're trying to make these tough decisions like this do you have any kind of formula or check-in that you do with yourself to kind of help you through these decisions. I want to kind of share that wisdom with our, our listeners. Um, oh my gosh. I know for, 
Yeah. <laughs> I know for <laughs> me personally, it's, it's gotta be a whole person experience, not just with, you know, one of my children that I'm trying to make, you know, um, trying to navigate a decision for, but, you know, for me personally, you know, there's, you know, and I love that you guys talk about this on the podcast. There's always a spiritual component and there's always something like, you know, what does my gut tell me? Because, you know, I can take the data, I can look at the science, I can look at the different, you know, media outlets and what they're saying. But at the end of the day, if I'm not going to feel safe sending my child somewhere or them returning back to me, um, then if then all of the rest of it is just background noise, right? There's just, you're not going to get past that first step. So, um, you know, for, for me, that's something that stillness that I have to figure out inside of myself is, is generally the, you know, the, the first part of making the decision. The second thing too, is consulting with people that I really trust. You know, we have a pediatrician who is incredibly data driven and she works primarily with the special needs community. And, um, I feel incredibly comfortable saying to her, what does this look like? You know, what does that look like? Um, She's someone that I value very much in my life because she does kind of close out all of the extra stuff. And she's, she's very, you know, facts, not feelings. She's got a lot of data. And so I, that's what I do is I just try to arm myself with things, you know, um, that help me to feel most comfortable. But like Sarah was saying, even like sometimes you got to put the Facebook off or you, you can't because there'll be too much in there. And then I won't feel like I have a compass to make the, the right decision. Uh-huh. Rebecca, what about you? I guess just in, in general, um, I make it, um, you know, I really try to not make a decision quickly. Um, I, even when I feel something very passionately, um, I try my best to sleep on it or for a week or, or whatever it might be. Because when I was younger, I didn't do that. And uh, I didn't understand that you don't just, you know, you just don't go with your first instinct. Now, sometimes it's right. Um, so I, I do that. I try to, to think really hard about it. But yes, I, I, I am educated in science. I work in healthcare. I, I look at numbers in a situation like this, but I still have a gut component to it as well about how this is affecting my family as a whole. And I hate to be a broken record, but again, it's just that it's somewhere in the middle with this mm-hmm. for me because I'm looking at science, but I'm also looking at the health and like mental health and stability of, of my family. So... I were moving forward. Yeah. With doing things as they open, we're going to do them. We're going to follow the rules and, and do them. I'm not going to sit in, in my house anymore. (laughs) So. Gotcha. Sarah, what do you think? What do you do in terms of big decisions like this? Um, I think, you know, definitely you guys are right. Like we have instincts for a reason. Um, my biggest thing, I seek counsel from people that I trust. Um, like Steph was saying, I talk to my husband, I talk to, um, you know, the people that are in my life that I trust and respect. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that decision is for my family 
make. Um, and I also just try to give myself grace because I don't always make the right decision, but the decisions that I make are in good faith and I'm trying to do the best that I can for my family. Um, and I think, you know, especially in situations like this, I have anxiety, surprise, surprise. Um, and part of that is like catastrophic thinking. Um, so like, this is going to happen and then this and then this and then this, and it, oh, it's going to be awful. It's going to be horrible. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I try to remember that I've made it through every single day so far. Like everything that I thought I would never be able to make it through, I have. Um, and it puts things in perspective for me. Like we've been through psychosis, suicide attempts, um, you know, schooling nightmares, you know, trying to find services, trying to navigate, you know, the mental health system is a nightmare. I Things that I never thought I'd be able to do, we've been able to do. So at the end of the day, we'll get through this too. I love that yeah. positive affirmation that you put in there, the idea that we've been through some crazy stuff to begin with before, you know, we can, we can try to work our way through this as well. So I appreciate that. Keeping in mind, like checking my privilege, like I don't have the same barriers that other people do. You know, we both have Mm -hmm. our jobs still. We're able, my husband's able to work from home, worst case scenario. Um, You know, I don't know how like single parents that have lost their job and rely on school for Mm -hmm. childcare. Like I, I'm not in that situation. Like I can't even imagine what that's like. Like that's a whole another stressor that I can't identify with, but my heart goes out to people that are in those kinds of situations. And like, I think that's what makes it so hard is you're trying to make these decisions for, you know, what's good for most people. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do. Uh-huh. Very hard. Very hard. So in order to kind of close us out here a little bit, what I'm hearing from everybody in terms of decision making when we're all holding hands together, kind of facing this very uncertain, kind of scary time as we move into reopening things, um, I'm hearing to be still and know. There's going to be, sounds like a lot of conversations between people and God or people in the universe, right? However they can, however they conceive that. Sounds like that's going to happen first. And then the second thing of checking in with people who you completely trust, right? I don't know that decisions are ever good things made in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So checking in with people who are on your team, who you trust, especially if there's a medical professional that you that you trust someone who's there that can help you with that. I really resonate with that greatly. I checked him um, and we'll be checking in with Finn's neurologist kind of regularly throughout this process. And then also giving yourself some grace in all of this um, big time. Uh, 
my one friend reminded me that you can only make decisions with the information that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that's also what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. So give grace to yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. But give grace to others as well. For sure. Like, you don't have to tell everyone every opinion you have. You have Facebook everyone. says you do. <laughs> um, unless you have a podcast and then you can do it. <laughs> Very true. Very so, true. Let's just be cool, guys. Like, stop being dumb and hateful. And I, yeah. ugh, I want to punch I, you all in the face if you don't I stop. Do. I do think that the narrative, I do think that the narrative will change a lot if we start to see things that hit closer to home. I really do. I think if we start to have our loved ones or if people become infected, you know, we don't know what's going to happen when we all, when everything opens back up. But I believe wholeheartedly that when, when we start seeing something in front of our faces and affecting us directly, like all bets are off and the conversation will change. I agree with that. Yeah. Cause then it's, then it's in your circle of experience and then it's in your perspective and it's, yeah. Yeah. You, you get a view. We'll just have Uh, to use the, have to use the one, one day at a time thing. (laughs) Let's mm -hmm. see what happens today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's like, so much like it's, you know, we'll be having a completely different conversation a month from now. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Well, ladies, Rebecca and Stephanie, thank you so much for joining Sarah and I tonight. Yeah, I really thanks loved... for having me. Yeah, yeah I awesome. really enjoyed this. Thank you. I, yeah, I loved your contribution cool. tonight. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, come back again anytime. We'd love to have one or both of you. Hopefully at some point. Yeah we'll be able to do something like this in person soon. Cause that's always yeah. way more, way more fun mm-hmm. and Listen, easy. My driveway is always open. <laughs> socially, is distance. socially distance in the driveway. <laughs> hey, it's getting warmer out. I'm telling you. We could work For something now. out. For now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, As always, to our listener family, thank you for joining us again. And here is to the complexity in our journeys, the highs and lows, the joys and sorrows. And may those who observe us do so with compassion and some grace. We all need some grace in all of this. Giving grace, taking grace, receiving it, giving it out again. We all need some of that. So especially for our amazing kiddos. Especially if they're not able to wear a mask. Finn is one of those kids. Yeah. Don't judge. I don't. Owen's done what? Owen wears his to bed. Like, he loves Aww. it. God bless his little heart. <laughs> it's just another accessory for him. You know how he loves his accessories. Yeah. I love that kid. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, ladies. And we'll talk all again Thanks. soon.